Welcome. My name is Steve. I'm the pastor of our Marietta campus, and it's just uh, great to be here with you tonight. And I just want to talk about that song a little, because that song like takes us on a journey. It takes us on a beautiful journey with what we're considering tonight, that God sent his light into this world to bring light to all people. And that night of Jesus' birth is not just a normal, ordinary night, but a most holy night. And there's a lot in that song that kind of helps to understand why. The first line that just kind of captures me, it says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. And that's talking about this idea of how the world suffers, how it lives in regret, how it has this darkness that's due to sin and the errors that we have made, that the world just lies in this place of suffering, this place of regret. I mean, this song is written in like the 1890s. And you think about all the time since then till now and how we have done so much and there's so much destruction and so much that we can see in the world because of sin and because of the errors of our ways. And, and we live in a world now that it's so hard to not focus on that. It's like the world is smaller than it's ever been in a sense because we just hear instantly everything that goes on. And it's difficult to not focus on the errors, the destruction, the sin. It's difficult to not have that consume us and to have that weigh us down because there's a lot that's going on. And it's hard to not just allow that to get us. But, but I hope that maybe tonight it could be coming to change for some of us, if possible. Because tonight, we want to sit there and focus on something different. And there's a buddy of mine in town here that always says that focus equals power. And the things we focus on have power over our lives. Have you found that to be true in your life? That you get consumed, you get caught up in the things that you focus the most on. It ends up taking hold of your heart and your mind and your thoughts and your time. How true is that for the Christmas season? I mean, over the last month or month and a half, man, it's been focused, right? Christmas is coming. It starts with putting up lights. I mean, how soon can I put up my lights right after Thanksgiving? For some of you, how many of you put up lights this year before Thanksgiving? Anyone? Okay, a couple of you. Why? Because Thanksgiving came late, right? I need to get my good five weeks in. I don't want to just be up for three weeks. It seems like Thanksgiving was last weekend. And we cannot wait to get the lights up. We are focusing on gift giving. How we can, what are we buying for those that we love? What are they maybe buying for us? It's been a month and a month and a half of commercials and thoughts and getting that going. And then we have loved ones and parties and people coming over. What a focus consumes us and grabs hold of our hearts. But then that goes away so quick, doesn't it? I'm going to tell you probably the worst time of the year for me is like a week from now. When I drive down my streets, street and all the lights are off and they're taking them down and they're getting rid of them. And I just go like, oh man, I'm telling my wife, we just keep ours up all year. We're that, we're, yeah, we're that family. Let's just keep the lights going. And the gifts get old, right? And all of a sudden I'm kind of bored with that and I need a new one anyways now. It doesn't take long before that moves away. And then everyone goes home, our family and our loved ones head out. And we just get back to the normal everyday grind of everyday life. But that's what can make tonight so special. 
as we focus on something so beautiful and so powerful. Because you see, tonight we're not focusing on Christmas lights. We're focusing on the light of the world that was given to us by God to bring light to every person. We're not talking about Christmas gifts that go underneath the tree. We're talking about the gift of life that was given to us by God through Jesus Christ, that baby laying in a manger that would ultimately hang on a tree. You see, we're spending our time together focusing on a night in history that was not just a normal night. It was where the fullness of deity became and took on the fullness of humanity. It was a holy night. The song then goes on and says, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Jesus came to lift our souls. He came to show us that we have worth by shining a huge, amazing light onto the heart of God that God so loved the world that he gave us the gift of Jesus Christ, the clearest image of God we can have. Corinthians says that God was reconciling himself to us or reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. What a beautiful verse that is. Reconciling means to be brought back, to be restoring unto. The world was being brought back to a right, clear view of God in Christ, to see who God really is. Then through Christ's life and death and resurrection, our sins are no longer being accounted to us. You see, God loves, he forgives, and he's making all things new in and through Jesus Christ. That is the light that Jesus brought. The light of knowing that God loves us, that God forgives us, and that God invites us back to himself. And he invites us out of the darkness He invites us out of that darkness that says we are not loved, that says we are not accepted. In the darkness is where the lie that we have no hope and we are worthless lies. And so the song continues. And it says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I love that part. The thrill of hope. And a world that goes from being weary because of focusing on sin and darkness and the consequences of it to a world that rejoices. Rejoices by focusing on the beauty of the love and grace of God that we see in and through Christ. Because you see, that baby grew up. That baby grew up and he sent out into the world a wonderful invitation an invitation that is still being shared to this very day. When Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. A weary world that is now rejoicing. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus said, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That is the light shining in the darkness. 
That is what Jesus came to illuminate, that we can now come to God through Christ. We can find rest for our souls. And I love what Jesus says in that passage in Matthew. He says, for I am gentle and I am humble at heart. Remember, Jesus is God here in the flesh, the exact representation, the clearest image. So when Jesus says, I am gentle and I am humble, he's wanting us to know that God is gentle and humble. So humble that he was born in a manger. He lived a life of a servant and he sacrificed himself unto death on the cross. And Corinthians says, to make his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory, the wonder, the beauty of God in the face of Christ. So he dies, he gives his life, he raises from the dead, he conquers sin, death, and darkness because God so loves the world. God so loves you and me that he gave the greatest gift of all. He gave himself. I love towards the end of the song, Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever, his power and glory forevermore proclaimed his power that he conquered sin death and darkness and his glory that he reveals through Christ that God is love this is what we proclaim forevermore and this beautiful story started by God humbling himself taking on the very nature of a human and being born in a manger yeah this might have been a silent night a quiet entrance by God as he inserted himself into the world and ultimately into our lives. But it was far from a normal night because that night changed everything forever. It was a holy night indeed. For tonight in the town of Bethlehem, a virgin will give birth to a son And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will be called Emmanuel, for he is God with us.
simply means Christmas. The first Noel is the first Christmas, and that's what we're celebrating today and tomorrow. It's a story of what God has done for us. And that's really the, the scandal of Christmas is, is that it's not about what we can do for God. It's not about endless systems of rules and religious expectations as far as how we can get to God and reach Him and attain His, his perfection or attain His blessing. It's about what God has done for us. And that's why at that first Christmas morning, there was this declaration that good news is coming out with great joy that will be for all people. That's the great joy and the good news of this message. It's a story of what God has done for us. It has nothing to do with what we do for God, but simply his love for us poured out through Jesus. And that's the, the great story of Christmas, right? The greatest story ever told is that despite the darkness of the world around us, and there is darkness, there is war, there is disease, there is poverty, there is loneliness, there's isolation. Despite the darkness around us, the light of God entered the world through Jesus Christ as a peasant baby, born in poverty, born in rejection, born in oppression. He's the light of heaven, shining as a dim light from the family of peasants in a barn laid in a feed trough. That's the humble light 
of Jesus at his birth. But 30 years later, as he begins his public ministry, this dim light of his poverty and this dim light in his peasantry, it shines out through Palestine, through his public ministry. In the face of the darkness of the political oppression around Jesus, his light shines, the light of heaven, offering a whole new kingdom. He even says, I am the king of a new kingdom. It's not of governments. It's not of, uh, of war. It's not of armies. It's not of oppression. It's a new kingdom of love. And he says, this is a community of people, a global community, a new kingdom of receiving love from God and loving others. In the face of the darkness of poverty, Jesus shines the light of heaven by offering real help through real relationships, not just handing out things charitably, but, but becoming one of us, becoming even someone who is poor, building relationships with those who are in need and giving tangible help and raising up a community of help. And this community that Jesus called the church would not tolerate somebody going without. It's, it's combating the darkness of, po of poverty through generosity. In the faceness of the darkness of sickness, Jesus shines the light of heaven by caring for and comforting people who are suffering. And if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's what you'll find over and over again. Jesus finds people in need, finds people who are suffering, cares for them, and comforts them. In the face of the darkness of hunger, Jesus shines the light of heaven by feeding thousands wherever he went, making sure that their physical, tangible needs were met. The light of heaven combating the darkness of the earth. In the face of the darkness of religious judgmentalism, Jesus shines the light of heaven, making great friends with people who were labeled sinners. Religious elites all around Jesus were wagging their fingers at people who, and, and labeling them sinners, and Jesus very intentionally befriended them had dinner with them in their house, hung, hung out with them in, in public streets. He forgave a woman caught in adultery before she even had a chance to say she was sorry. He took in a traitorous thief into his core group of disciples, Matthew, even wrote a book of the Bible. He's combating darkness with love. In the face of the darkness of hate, Jesus shines the light of heaven. He loved everyone everywhere. He even broke through racial barriers by loving people, no matter where they came from, no matter their ethnicity. Jews were not supposed to love Samaritans, but Jesus did. Jews were not supposed to love Romans, but Jesus did. He loved everyone who was labeled unclean, untouchable. He loved everyone everywhere with the kindness of God. That's why John 1.4 describes Jesus this way. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that is the scandal of Christmas, that the light of the world, Jesus, is a full revelation of God. And the full revelation of God isn't terrifying. In fact, he's very approachable and kind. So if Jesus is the full expression of God, we now know through Jesus that God is not this terrifying God that we might imagine him to be. God is not this vengeful or angry God that religions invent to keep people compliant with their religious systems. He's a kind God, a loving God an accepting God, forgiving, full of grace. This is Jesus, the full expression of God the Father. And, and so his light through his public ministry started blazing out throughout the region of Palestine. In fact, in Mark chapter three, it says this about the growth of his ministry. It says, a multitude came to Jesus from Galilee in the north. They followed him also from Judea in the south and from Jerusalem, the capital city, and from Umdea and Jordan and Tyre and Sidon, from the east and the west, everybody is flocking to Jesus. It says a great number of people heard all that he was doing and came to him. 
the light of heaven, which started as this dim flicker in a barn at his birth, became a blazing glory of God throughout the region of Palestine. And so everybody who was in darkness and leading the darkness hated Jesus. And darkness primarily comes from two places. It comes from political oppression and religious oppression. You follow every um, pattern of darkness in the world and you will find political oppression and religious oppression. And both the, the, the political oppressors and the religious oppressors hated Jesus. But they conspired together to put him to death. They conspired to put him to death. They created this very complicated uh, um, sort of accusation, series of accusations around Jesus, and they succeeded. He was arrested, he was tried, and he was crucified. And so he died as he was born in humility and in darkness. Mark 15 puts it this way. On the day of, cruci of his crucifixion at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The eternal light of heaven started as a dim flicker in a barn at his birth and ended in the darkness of his crucifixion. This is Jesus, born humble at the bottom, died humble at the bottom, poor and surrounded by just a few forgettable people. This is the full expression of God, the light of heaven at the bottom. And so Jesus no longer walks this earth the light contained within the man, Jesus Christ, is no longer among us. He's gone, and he's been gone for 2,000 years. So what does that mean for us today? Is there hope today? Well, here's the cool part about Christmas. Christmas isn't just a history lesson. We're not just talking about the light of heaven that came to us 2,000 years ago through Jesus and died and rose and ascended. This isn't just a history lesson. It's about the light of heaven that's shining right now, right here, through us. See, Jesus' light was never intended to be kept to himself. Jesus was about sharing his light with everybody around him so that they could also be bearers of light and bring light to a dark world. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, and he says this to us as much as he said it to his disciples 2,000 years ago. He says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. We are the light of the world. So the light of heaven contained in the man Jesus Christ is not here, but his light is within us and his light can shine through us. See, the crucifixion did not snuff out the light of Christ. In fact, the crucifixion was almost like the world saying, hey, we've got to put this fire out. So they're stepping on this fire, trying to snuff out the light of Jesus that was blazing throughout Palestine. But all it did was send red hot embers all throughout the region to start new fires, to create new light. And that's what's happening today. See, Jesus rose from the dead. His light was not snuffed out. And the light of Christ was given to his followers. It was not snuffed out. Even the light of Christ grew through intense persecution in the early centuries by Rome. And then even Rome accepts Christ, which has now become the Roman Catholic Church. And then through the Roman Church, the Protestant Church, 43,000 denominations all throughout the world, 2.3 billion people are carrying the light of Christ today and celebrating that through Christmas today and tomorrow. This is an exciting thing to be a part of. And I'm not talking about a religious movement. I don't care much about religious movements. I don't care much about the Christian religion. It does as much harm as good. I'm talking about just the simplicity of what we're talking about today. That the light of heaven, which is the light of love, looking down upon the darkness that we have created, God says, I'm not gonna let this darkness remain. I'm gonna send the light of heaven, Jesus Christ, to the world. And he's not going to come from the top in a blaze of glory. He's going to go to the bottom as a peasant. 
and he'll shine out the glory of heaven through his life, but he will die as he was born at the bottom. But that light will be shared to his followers and they will carry his light, as we say around here, advancing the cause of Christ. And now one third of the world follows Jesus Christ and that number is growing as the light of heaven keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. The light of Christ was given freely, freely given. Not to start a new religion, not to create a new path to attain God, but Jesus Christ came to say, God did all the work. Come and see what God has done. God forgave us. God gave us love. God gave us eternal life unconditionally. Just pour it out to the whole world. God gives light. We just receive it. John 1.12 says, to as many, as many as believe him, to those who receive him, to them he, he gave the right to become children of God. When we believe in Jesus, when we believe in the love of God through Jesus our life is illuminated. Our life has hope. Our life has love. We know we're forgiven. We know that God is not angry or vengeful or ready to get us or wants us to comply. He's a God who's a father who loves us, always for us, never against us. He's forgiven us. He doesn't define us by our failures. He doesn't define us by where we fall short. He doesn't define us by our regrets. He defines us as his perfect daughters, his perfect sons. Why? Because of Jesus Jesus laid down his life to take on the suffering and shame and sin of the world and die for it and then rise again from the dead to make sure the whole world understands that true life, eternal life comes by receiving love, receiving the love of God through Jesus Christ. And that's what we get to celebrate today and that's what we get to symbolize today by this candlelight service. In a moment, I'm gonna ask the ushers to come forward and we are gonna share light with one another. But before we do, as you hold the candle in your hand, that candle without flame is a symbol of life without the love of Christ. Without Christ, we have no idea who God is. We might think God is mad at us. We might think God's getting us back for something. We might think that we're condemned by God. We might think that we are, are even heading to eternal condemnation. We might all have all kinds of weird religious things in our head about who God is. That's what happens without the light of Jesus Christ. But when that candle is illuminated, that's a symbol of what happens when we believe in Jesus. That's what happens when we are awakened to this truth that Jesus Christ is the love of God poured out for us, poured out for us, and we simply receive it. And then we have this extraordinary honor to then pass that on to people around us, to not just receive the love of God, but give the love of God, to make sure that we're living for the benefit of other people. We're not living for self. We're not living for us. We're not living for all way, our way all the time. We're living to make other people's lives better around us. And that's the most full life we can possibly live. I'm gonna pray and then ask the ushers to come forward and as we do, let's set our hearts to receive this message. God, we thank you that in a dark world, we can receive the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you that, that we can have our lives illuminated in love, illuminated in grace. Thank you that we can celebrate Jesus, the fullness of heaven, showing who you are. You're not a God of vengeance and anger and wrath. You're a God of love and peace and kindness and forgiveness. We receive that in Christ's name, amen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born as a single flicker of light in a very dark world, full of political and religious oppressions. But Jesus came and he shared the love of God by befriending those who were labeled sinners, by caring for those who were poor and sick, by confronting the religious and political oppressors, and then he gathered a community together, disciples, men and women 
who would not only receive the love that he came to give, but would then give it to others. And so the disciples grew from first 12, then to 70, then to 120, then hundreds, and then thousands. And they started sharing this love with other people, with their neighbors, even with their enemies. And as they shared the light of Jesus Christ, it then spread to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, and now billions of people all over the world know the love of God through Jesus Christ. As you share this light with your neighbor, realize that that love is to be received freely and love is to be given in the same way. Live a life of love. Show the world the love of Christ by how we treat people, by how we're selfless and kind and loving and forgiving, how we even love our enemies. Let this light be a symbol of the love that you've received and the love to be given, love that started on that silent night. Let's sing this together. As we sing this together, would you stand with us?
you are struggling this Christmas season with feeling alone, feeling as though maybe God may have forgotten you, or feeling as though maybe you're even under God's condemnation, or that he's getting you back for something you've done, know today that God's love is for you. It is unconditional. And in his eyes, you're his perfect daughter, you're his perfect son, because of what he did for us through Jesus Christ. He forgave us through Christ and brought us to him himself. For those of you who might have a burden for people around you, I pray that this Christmas season will be a time of love, a time of giving, a time of, of caring. Not just giving gifts and doing the Christmas traditions, but truly caring for our neighbors, caring for our family members, caring for our coworkers, making their life a little bit better this Christmas and every day of the year. Would you lift your candles? And as you do, this is just a symbol of what happens when people who follow Jesus are committed to not only receiving love, but giving love illuminating a dark world around us.